This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. The task of putting together Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim's candidate cabinet was never going to be an easy task for a coalition government with multiple parties involved. In the end, 28 ministers were announced with some new old and surprising names in the mix. For analysis on this, we have our panel, Pankash C. Kumar, business writer, and Azrul Hadi Abdullah Sani, Deputy Managing Director for Bauer Group Asia. Thank you for coming in, gentlemen, to discuss, I think, this long-awaited cabinet. Now, let's start with first impressions. For me, what was interesting was the rather sombre mood of the press conference at 8.19 on a Friday evening. But I'll start with you, Pankash. What are your thoughts? Thank you, Shining, for having me in the first place and a very good morning. Yes, I think I, I also saw that nervousness, if you put it that way. Yeah, I think uh, Datu Sri Anwar was cautious in terms of announcing the, the names. Uh, he I mean, omitted uh, some also. Uh, and yeah, he did omit some. And at the same time, I think he was nervous even uh, announcing himself as the Minister of Finance. Yeah. Uh, and then we saw him announcing some other names. Uh, and I think I can sense there was some... Uh, reluctance in naming one or two names as well. Yeah, so I think there is some noises other than, you know, what he wished in terms of who he wanted to be in the cabinet uh, mm. and we know who they are. And I think that showed yeah in the press conference and it was rather rushed and he didn't really take much questions. No, he left the room very quickly, right? Correct, yeah. correct. So Azrael, like they say, you know, body language says more than a million words and Anwar didn't seem jubilant. Uh, like he was in the days prior to that announcement. And I think that was the shortest ever PC he has yeah. ever given. So what were your impressions? I think definitely there was... It was not a good sign when the, the press conference was postponed. I think there was a lot of talks of uh, horse trading within the cabinet itself. For the last three hours, right? Literally. Yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, there some names were a surprise uh, inclusion in the cabinet. I think, I think uh, one of the names is uh, Zafro. Uh, Zafro being named as uh, Minister of International Trade was a shock, actually, because uh, considering that he lost an election, uh, he has no grassroots in AMNO, mm. he doesn't have any position in AMNO. So to talk about him being appointed because of his hierarchy, it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's definitely he's a newbie to He's Amno. a newbie as well, so it, it definitely was a surprise. Okay, we'll come to the surprises. Uh, but I want to talk about the first surprise, which was Anwar as finance minister. I don't know about you all, but I have flashbacks of 1MDB. And I think even Bursi and the Think Tank Ideas have commented that this weakens the check and balances required. So Pankash, uh, was this a surprise of Friday evening for you? And why do you, think, why do you think he took on this role, albeit he did have it 30 years ago before he was sacked in 1998? I think you are right, Xiaoning. I mean, if you look back in terms of um, what Pakatan, Harapan or even PKR champion, yeah, and we know Rafizi has gone around talking about this, yeah, that mm. uh, Prime Minister should not be the Finance Minister and even the corporate world, you know, you don't see a CEO being a CFO as well. Yeah, it's a big yeah? boo-boo. It's a big boo-boo, yeah, and Malaysians' uh, experience where you have a Finance Minister who is also the Prime Minister has not been good, yeah, especially with, you know, the previous cases of scandals and don't know what not. So, and of course, when you have a prime minister who's also the finance minister, it's also an issue about check and balance. Yeah. Uh, so that becomes a question mark. And mm. of course, and then the, the other question is how much can Anwar take on? 
yeah and uh, but i think i'm i'm also uh, mindful as to what is his strategy uh, in naming himself uh, as the finance minister uh, and i believe uh, like what asru mentioned just now you know uh, the, the view that tanku zafru was coming in then i think being a previously a finance minister himself uh, i think the role that he wanted to play in this cabinet was finance ministry mm. to continue his so called legacy, legacy. Yeah. unfinished one unfinished one and don't don't forget that he had tabled the budget 2023 and that budget of course has stalled and we we need to retable that mm. uh so perhaps anwar saw that uh while okay i perhaps need to have zafrul in my cabinet but i don't think so i want to give him the position that you know uh, he should be he wants yeah i'll take that position but but before i go there, before i before i finish that one uh, i think we also got to understand uh the perspective as to what Uh, finance minister Anwar Ibrahim means yes. yeah because as you know uh, he's been regarded rather you know objectively speaking uh, you know he wants to cut costs he wants to save you know for the government he doesn't want to take salary yeah. no new car no you know, new, so no he, gifts he's no gifts yeah so he wants to be a no nonsense guy yeah mm. right? so i think the way i look at it uh, Let's give him that benefit of the doubt for the for the time being. Let's see where it goes. Uh, but having said that, I don't agree. Yeah, that the the prime minister should take the finance minister post. What about you, Azrul? Uh, some other political analysts say that this was just a defensive move to prevent this key ministry going to another political party, as there was probably a lot of intensive uh, lobbying for this coveted ministry. Do you share this view, or do you have a different perspective? I mean, I agree. I mean, it's not in. It's, it was, it was, there was also intense lobbying within Pika itself, mm. and I think for Anwar to take the position, uh, the post of finance minister is to solidify the 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 the, the, the federal coalition. Um, it's just to avoid uh, any disagreements within the different uh, parties, even within Pika. So definitely, I think that's one of looking at of Anwar solidifying the the coalition by taking the post of finance minister. Okay, but Pankaj, the trillion dollar question. How do you think cap- cap- capital markets will react to this news? How will Bursa open this morning? I think if you look at the what is the composition of the cabinet. First of all, size-wise, right? Mm. I thought the cabinet would be a little smaller, not twenty-eight. I yeah, thought twenty-four. Versus thirty-one, which was yeah, yeah. So it's cabinet. not really a big reduction from what we mm. saw. Yeah. So I thought it would be be a bit smaller. Maybe twenty-four was the right number uh, to me. That's one. Secondly, if you talk about uh the individuals that make up the cabinet uh i wouldn't give it 100% it's not an a star cabinet right uh so i would perhaps give uh, maybe a 70 or 75 score yeah well, you're being rather generous i've yeah, so i reports. i would say i would say it's a cautiously optimistic cabinet right so i think the market will recognize it uh, it's a balanced cabinet uh it has a good representation of all the parties within the uh coalition of governments mm. i i don't call this a unity government you know a lot of people are saying it's a unity government it's not a unity government you only have a unity government everyone is in the government right yeah. so this is a coalition of governments or coalition right? of the willing i call it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we have a good representation but i'm quite quite surprised that we don't really have a good representation from women mm. uh in terms of the cabinet itself and you can see that Uh, I think percentage wise was only like what 17% yes. or something like that. There are only five yeah, uh, yeah, only women five ministers. Women ministers. So that is a bit disappointment. Yeah. Um I, I mean I don't want to be racial but even Indian ministers were lacking there was just one. one. Yeah. So I think that is also a quite and there was quite concentration in terms of a lot of them were from Para actually. 
Okay. What are your uh, first takes of this uh, cabinet, Azro? He's given it a 75% score. Mm. If I ask you for your score, what would it be? I think it's. I think this this is a theme for Anwar. It's about pragmatism and mm. idealism. I think um, a lot of people a lot of people said about Zaid Hamidi. Why was him as deputy? I think there's there's a necessity for him to be as, as a deputy prime minister just because to ensure that uh, Anwar remains a prime minister that to ensure that the 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 coalition remains intact. Um, perhaps seventy is a is a safe. You're less, you're less generous than... <laughs> well, I didn't say 70 is 75. Five. Yeah, yeah you're, you're... So, so 70 actually, on, on, if you go to exams, right, it's actually a B, you know, so it's not really... Okay, so it's not that bad, but not yeah. the best. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, Datu Sri Zaid Hamidi as Deputy Prime Minister. I think we had hints of that because even at Anwar's first press conference, right, when yeah. it was announced uh, that he was going to form the government, he didn't dismiss the appointment of politicians who are currently facing corruption charges. And here we are today, probably the worst kept secret in terms of who would be in the cabinet. But is this the price Harapan has to pay to be in power? But at the same time, doesn't it dilute the party's anti-graft stance, Azro? It does. Um, but again, it's about longevity. It's about mm. remaining power. And that's a, that's the concession or that's the sacrifice that uh, obviously the AP made. Um, it, it, it is a difficult decision for Anwar Ibrahim because uh, Anwar needs Amno, and I think Anwar has learned from the previous Prime Minister that you need to appoint according to the hierarchy. Uh, you saw Muhyiddin Yassin, you saw um, um, appointing uh, Ismail Sabri as deputy or Ismail Sabri as a higher, a lower, a lower Amno leaders in the cabinet, mm. which rattled Amno as a party. So, like it or not, you do have to appoint Zayat Hamdi because in the end, Amno is very hierarchical. Okay, but Pankaj, do you think this appointment is held also has to do with the fact that since Zaid has is double hatting, he's going to be the Minister of Rural and Regional Development, that maybe this appointment can help win the rural voters who clearly this time overwhelmingly supported Perikatan National at GE15. I think that that is the the I mean idea behind mm. uh, uh, Datuk Sri Zaid Hamidi's appointment, um, and I think what Azro mentioned just now, I agree as well. Um, there's no choice but to have uh, him on board as a deputy prime minister, uh, because as I said, this is a collusions of go- uh, of government, yeah. Which yeah. You, you you need to make sure that uh, everyone is happy everyone is there. Yeah, correct. Because at the end of it, you want that that uh, runway, yeah, the yes. five year runway, uh, to make sure that you don't have surprises. Uh, and don't forget, we have anti hopping law now, so you, you can't really unless you move as a party. Mm. Yeah, and uh, block. Yeah, from one side to the other, then you may have a change in government. But if everyone is satisfied, uh, I mean, I've saw uh, Zaid Hamidi's statement yesterday. You know, so you, you know we should be more like DAP. I mean, that statement alone. I know. I was quite shocked. I, yeah, I was quite shocked <laughs> as well. He was telling the opposition that. Yeah, 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 you know, be like DAP. You know, and that that is to me maybe it's a sign that we are moving forward in terms of having a more stable government. Uh, in fact, I think you see that since uh, the formation of this government, uh, both Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National are working together. Mm. You can see that in Rompin, the by-election, yes. Padang Sarai's by-election, Barisan National's candidate is withdrawing. Yeah. Yeah, and they are working together. And you're already seeing uh, two states, Selangor and Negeri Sembilan, talking about working together as well. Mm. Yeah, so we are perhaps moving into a new dimension 
uh, in terms of political alliances where Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National may work as one. Yeah. On the breakfast grill this morning is our panel, Pankaj Sikuma, business writer, and Azro Hadi Abdullah Sani, Deputy Managing Director for Bauer Group Asia. After the break, did DAP make the biggest sacrifices in the formation of Datuk Sri Anwar's cabinet? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seats this morning is our panel, Pankaj C. Kumar, business writer, and Azro Hadi Abdullah Sani, met Deputy Managing Director for Bauer Group Asia. Just before the break, the still surprising but expected appointment of Datuk Sri Zaid Hamidi to the Cabinet, despite dissents in the rank. Now, gentlemen, I have to discuss one more uh, appointment, which was probably another badly kept secret. And that is, of course... Uh, Datuk Tunku Datuk Zafro, he lost in Kuala Selangor to former health minister Dr. Zul. But yet, here he is as international trade and industry minister, although earlier speculation was for the finance minister. Pankash, you want to answer this? Why? Is he the right man for the job? Well, I think if you look at the, uh, in terms of how this cabinet was formed, of course, every party would have given their names yeah, mm. in terms of who are their potential candidates. And I believe that most of the candidates that's been presented to Datuk Sri Anwar for appointment were all MPs. Yeah? And um, if you ask me about Tengku Zafru himself, as you know, he contested in GE15 and he lost uh, in the election. And of course, before contesting for elections, uh, being a senator, he had to resign, mm. right? Uh, so coming to the election, of course, on the hope that he will win, he will come back as an MP, he could have served the government and all that, but he lost. Yeah, so having said that, of course, I think there was some intense lobbying going around mm. uh, in terms of having him uh, in the cabinet. And I believe that his name was brought forward. And perhaps there were some hidden hands yeah, that wanted him to be in the cabinet. And Datuk Sri Anwar uh, probably uh, wanted to have a compromise at the same time. I mean, you, you know, he himself, during campaign, you know, he, he said that he will never have Tengku Zafro in his cabinet, something oh, like that. Oh, well, you know, yeah, so politics is all about, about compromises, yeah, right? Yeah, it's all about compromises. So I suppose uh, to satisfy uh, certain segments of you know, or demand, whatever you call it, um, perhaps that's the reason why he's in. Uh, but don't forget, uh, he's reappointed as a senator. So yes. this is his second term. And the other thing that you have to be uh, mindful is that uh, being a senator, you have a three years term. Yeah. And the maximum you can have is two, two terms. terms of three years each. So if he's appointed now, uh, in his second term, which means that he only has three years to serve. Okay. Yeah, so what happens three years down the road? Maybe they'll quickly look for a seat for him when that, when, uh, let's say, it becomes empty, right? Uh, provided there is a by-election. Provided <laughs> there is a by-election. Now, Azro, when it comes to other uh, BN ministers that were appointed, actually, were just no ministers, to be honest, uh, what caught your eye? Was the return of Datuk Zamri as foreign minister a surprise to you? Or is this clearly... Zahid surrounding himself with loyalists to stave off later on what is going to be in AMNO elections. Yeah, I think Zahid is looking forward. I think the, the key indicator for how long this uh, federal government may last is the AMNO elections, the mm. party elections. And Zamri being the secretary of AMNO uh, plays a key role in the party and he is a, a Zahid loyalist. And by appointing his closest allies in the, in the cabinet, 
it hopefully strengthens his position within the party itself. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the party election, whether or not Hishamuddin will contest against Zaid. Yeah, because there's an absence of these names. Yeah. Hishamuddin's not there. Datusri Ismail Sabri is not there. Uh, you would have expected because in terms of hierarchy, they rank very exactly. high. Exactly, yeah. And Zafo should be there. But there's another story. Okay, so gentlemen, let's talk about the economic-related appointments, all right? Mm-hmm. So let's shift tech, Rafizi Ramli as economic minister. First-time minister and the wonder kid brought back to reverse the fortunes of PKR. Do you think he can work his magic at the ministry? Pankaj, what would his priorities be, though? I think if you look back uh, into the appointment itself, uh, I personally thought that Rafizi would make a good finance minister, uh, but uh, Dato Sri Anwar has put him as economic minister, which is... Even more demanding, actually. Hmm. Right? Well, a Finance, longer-term vision for the country, correct. right? Yeah, and, and you know, during campaign, Rafizi has spoken a lot about issues affecting the people, cost of living issues, wages issue, jobs. Yeah, So I think I believe that uh, his appointment is welcome and I, I hope that he, he lives up to... Uh, to the expectation that he himself has put, you know, in terms of being a minister now. And he would lay, lay out the plan over mm. the next five years uh, as to how we should address some of our structural issues. I mean, I've talked about these issues as well. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of wages, uh, in terms of jobs, um, affordability, in terms of homes, you know. And the connectivity it has with, let's say, education. Yeah, which correct. Which many people neglect correct. to consider, And right? we, we have a huge brain drain, yeah. We, mm. we got to address all these issues. I mean, it takes time to do them, but we need to get the ball rolling. And I believe that Rafizi is the right person. Yes, the... Th- the, at least he's got some thoughts Correct. going for him. Correct. Now, Azro, but the other, on the flip side, Rafizi is never one to mince his words, right? I mean, he never shies from an expose on the corruption and he's even known to publicly disagree with his boss, Anwar, but now in government and a minister to boot, where perhaps discretion is an asset, compromises are the norm, Um do you think he's ready to be a minister, to work with other ministries? I think he is. I think he knows. I think he's ready. Um, I think he will be able to transition from opposition to government, yeah. from opposition leader to a minister. Um, I think it should be seamless for Rafizi. Although there have always been accusations whereby he's not a team player, but like what we discussed, I think he, he is the brains behind PKR and uh, he's, he definitely is ready. Okay, and Pankaj, can Rafizi work with Tunko Zafro, who is Miti Minister? I mean, just before the election, Rafizi already accused the Treasury of not following procurement guidelines for this $2 billion flood mitigation project in Sungai Langat too. So, you know, they were already like shots fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree. I mean, what, what he has said before... Uh, you know, there must be some truth to it. In, he he came up with some documents in terms of what went yeah. wrong and all that. But now you but have to now, work together. Yeah, yeah, but now that you are in a team, yeah, you got to put aside your differences. You got to work together for the mm. benefit of the nation. All right. So I think this is not the time to point finger or 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 you know accuse people or anything. You know, let's work together for the benefit of the nation. And Azra, I want to talk about the new faces in cabinet from PKR. Maybe unfair to call them unknowns, but definitely lesser known, like the likes of uh, Chan Lee Kang, he's the Science and Technology Minister, Zaliha Mustafa, Health Minister, Falina Sidi, Education Minister, and Siva Kumar Naidu, Human Resource Minister. 
uh, is this unusual? Of course, we've also got you know other uh, first time ministers like Fami Fazil as communication ministers, and Nick Nasmi as natural resource environment and climate change. But why do you think Anwar appointed so many? I would call them newbies to the cabinet. I think this represents the 3G leadership of PKR itself. It represents the future of PKR. It allows the, the PKR to reinvent itself mm. post-election. Uh, I think this, they're looking forwards beyond Anwar Ibrahim, looking towards the future of the party. And I think for Anwar himself, it uh, allows him to have... Um, it, by, uh, by appointing first-time uh, uh, ministers, it uh, allow, allows him to, di- to dictate uh, oh. policy-making. So he has more control in a way. Well, not more control, but dictate or, or uh, guide in terms of the policy-making process. But then is that the flip side to that is that there's a lack of experience among many of these names and they might come back to Hon Anwar Do Pankaj. What do you think? Well, let's give them a chance. Yeah, mm. I think at the end of it, Everyone is a newbie at one point or another, right? So but so many newbies. Yeah, yeah, we have newbies. so many newbies. But uh, I'm sure, uh, being a minister itself, you know, uh, you have the full support of your ministry. Your KSU is there. The whole ministry support is there. Yeah, and you learn along the way, and you 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 quickly you know, come up with policies and all that. And you are, you've been helped by, by the ministry officials. Yeah, but there's two ministries that I want to highlight. One is education and the other one is health, right? Those that get huge allocations when it comes to budget time. So for Ministry of Health, especially after Kyrie and Dr. Zul did a really good job, the expectations are high. And similarly, for the education ministry, where there, there are many criticisms levelled against the previous minister, Dr. Uh, Mohammad Razi and even Masli Malik. So appointing newbies to them, is that a wise decision, Azro? I think for the MOH, um, I think uh, it will it will not be a, a foreign territory for the Azaliha. I think she's she, a doctor she's by training. She's a doctor by training and she understands MOH itself. Mm. I think she'll be an extension of MOH. Um, but it'll be interesting if she will be she will continue with policies which we'll discuss during Dr. Zoe's time, such as uh, medicine, price, medicine price control, which be which may be concerned for uh, pharmaceutical companies in Malaysia. So, definitely, yes, she is a first-time uh, minister, but I think it will not be foreign territory for her. Okay, what about education, though? That one is a you know there, there were many questions as to her appointment. She doesn't come from education. Uh, she's a first-time MP also. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Pankaj? Do you have any? Well, I, I, it was a surprise to me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't really know uh, her background in that sense. Uh, we got to Google and find out. Yeah? Yes, so, her father is the af- took over Abin after yeah, Anwar. That's, so, that was my discovery. So let's give them the benefit of doubt and yeah. see where it goes. Yeah, uh, I hope we move forward, not backwards. Yeah, in terms of our education policy, uh, we need to make sure our 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 children and uh, the young uh, have a right opportunity in terms of growth, in terms of uh, ability. Learning, yeah, and, and making them relevant in the job market. On a special extended breakfast grill is our panel of Pankaj Kumar, business writer, and Azro Hadi Abdullah Sani, deputy managing director for Bauer Group Asia. After the 8.30am news bulletin, can this cabinet work cohesively together considering the different political factions and their respective values? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. 
BFM 89.9, welcome back to a special extended breakfast grill where in the hot seats this morning is our panel, Pankaj Sikuma, business writer and Azro Hadi Abdullah Sani, Deputy Managing Director for Bauer Group Asia. Before the 8.30am news bulletin, why so many PKR newbies in ministerial positions and of course, Toko Zafro's appointment to Cabinet. Now, gentlemen, I need to discuss DAP. Okay, they won 40 seats at GE15, the most of this Harapan coalition but only got four ministerial positions as opposed to PKR, which won 31 seats, but have eight ministers. So, Azrul, let me ask you, do you think they made the biggest sacrifice for this coalition government? I think they did, uh, but it was a very calculated sacrifice, I guess. I mean, it allows them to distance themselves if PH or this current government is not able to um, deliver on reforms and say that we're not part of this government. We were, we're just a minority member of this cabinet. Mm. So it, it's very calculated by the AP. And um, definitely, yes, it's a sacrifice, but I say a calculated sacrifice. But Pankaj, do you think that this will cause some unhappiness among the rank and file within the AP? I mean, you even saw Gobin Singh having to come out and explain why he's not a minister. Yeah, I think if you look at it overall, uh, by right, the AP should have maybe six or seven members in the cabinet, but they end up with four. And there are some notable names that were absent from mm. the list. Yeah, I think everybody thought Gobin Singh would be there, Yobin would be there, uh, but they were not there. And Gobin Singh actually explained, uh, Yobin didn't say anything. But I suppose if you look at the bigger picture, uh, in terms of how um, the opposition perceives DAP uh, mm. to a certain extent, and I think that perception, DAP wants to manage it to a certain extent. Uh, of course, DAP didn't take uh, the four ministries, ministries that they took. Uh, none of them are so-called the important ones. Yeah, they are maybe mid or lower level. So mm. in that sense, uh, not controversial, uh, unlike the last time when Pakatan Harapan was in the government. So uh, these are lessons learned, is it, in a way? Uh, so perhaps, yeah, it's a lessons learned. And at the same time, you don't want to be dominant mm. uh, in terms in the in the cabinet itself because that was the uh, acquisition that passed uh, or Prikata National used to throw at them that, yeah. you know, it's a government run by DAP. Yeah, so I think... Uh, they want to take a, a step step back, and I think Anthony Loke said it. Yeah, uh, he left it all uh, to Anwar uh, mm. to decide uh, in the formation of the cabinet. Okay, we saw Anwar deciding for Pakatan Harapan, but you know clearly when it comes to the ministers at the uh, from the other parties, they decided respectively, which then begs the question. Will all these ministers be willing to take instructions from the Prime Minister, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, or will their loyalty still lie with their respective parties and leaders? Uh, what do you think, Azro? I think for AMNO, loyalty will still lie to the party president, no matter how you want to twist it. Mm. I think uh, Zahid will still have a final say on, them, on his ministers in the cabinet. Let's say from the Borneo block then? As well. I think, like you said, it is a question of different governments, of different... Um, Parties, parties, you know, yeah. So okay. I think party leadership will still have a, a, a have a say in how the ministers react or decide. So then, how does this work? I, I beg to differ. You know, I think I think when you are in the government as a cabinet, yeah, you you think of the nation first. Okay. Yeah, and I think you should. But that's in the ideal world. Ideal bunkers, world, yes. Right? But at the same time, if there are issues which are perhaps uh, contradictory to what the party thinks is for you to explain to your party why that stand is taken by the government. Yeah, So uh, we got to look at in a larger picture in terms of what we want to do for the nation, not just 
this is not about an individual. This is not about a party. This is about the country. For sure. But then, do you think uh, Anwar's hands will be tied if any minister were to be found incompetent? Or worse, corrupt, which he says well, that I, he won't I be hope, tolerated. Can he sack them? I Akash? hope that he, he lives up by his na- by his words. Yeah, and, mm. and I think you know, during campaign, he said that if any ministers were to not, you know, uh, perform to task or caught uh, red-handed or whatever he did, he will kick them out. So, I would like to see that. If, I would like to see that. Um, imagine <laughs> if uh, Zaid Hamidi is found guilty of those 47 corruption charges. I suppose oh, definitely, then, yeah. then he would have to... Yeah you know, actually resign if you ask me rather than be sacked. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's the natural thing to do. Lah. Okay. So, Azrael, let's look at this uh, number of ministers, 28 versus Ismail Sabri's 31. And we even haven't seen the list of deputy ministers. Uh, what kind of names do you expect in that list then? I think there's a lot. I think for Zahid, he still needs to appease all parties within AMNO. Mm. So perhaps leaders which will seem to be loyal to Ismail Sabri will be named into the, as a deputy. I think Zahid now, despite the differences between Ismail Sabri and the pro-Bersatu uh, group within AMNO, he still needs to consolidate the party for, for his own longevity in, in as party president. Will we see the re-emergence of MC and MIC in that list then, perhaps? Because they've been omitted completely from uh, ministerial positions. Do you think so, Azrael? This is where you appease these, name, uh, these parties like that? Um, perhaps. Um, but I can't see the argument for them to be in, in, in the cabinet. So they've, in a way, the relevance of them is questioned. Yeah. What about you, Pankaj? Do you see more DAP names coming into deputy minister lists? I think possible. I think possible. As a deputy minister, maybe the role is less and the impact would be less uh, mm. for opposition to pick on them. Uh, so perhaps uh, DAP would get a better share yeah, in terms of deputy minister's uh, appointments. I think that's going to be sometime this week. Yeah, So yes. I think that, that would be uh, something for us to look forward to in terms of deputy ministers. Now, I also want to talk about KPIs. And I think uh, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim is going to meet all the ministers this morning and says that there'll be new rules. This is in, we see that in the headlines in the Star, for example. What are your expectations in terms of these new rules? Uh, Azrul, do you have any? Um, I think KPIs, I think what the public is looking for is cost of living. I think mm. addressing the cost of living, uh, addressing unemployment, um, uh, if that is what the public is looking for, minus all the political rhetoric uh, behind uh, race and religion, whatever it is. In the bottom line is uh, food on the table. Uh, okay, so what about you, Pankaj? What do you think those I new think the rules KPIs, KPI should be? Yeah, the KPIs should be either, of course, when you talk about KPI in the corporate world, it's always an annual thing. Yeah? yeah, But I think for government, it should be a bit longer, maybe three to five years. That's what I want you to do in the next five years. Mm. And at the same time, the do's and don'ts. Mm. Yeah, as a minister, you know, what you can do, what you don't, yeah. Uh, don't come up with policies that that's going to be uh, uh, contradicting to what the government supposed to be doing, you know. Or no co- flying cars, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and no contradictory mi- policies from one ministry to another ministry. Yeah, don't drink warm water just to solve a crisis, yeah. So all these are very important, you know, the do's and don'ts. So I think we should have some some law or, or some some guidelines, yeah, uh, driven as to how the, the the ministers are supposed to behave in public. You know, uh, no more protocols. Uh, that's one thing I I talked about as well. You know, you know when in government have all these uh, uh, events, 
uh, everyone comes up with some t-shirts and 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 shirts uh, partic- for a particular event all these are wasted and souvenirs that nobody souvenirs, uses yeah right? so all these should be should be uh, out yeah we we don't need them and even our riders how many our riders do ministers need yeah yeah so all these things we need to cut out but the other thing that's on my mind is this reform agenda that we keep talking about, right? Yeah. We need to press on with that. Uh, but with the coalition government, is this going to take a step back, Azrul? What do you think? I think it's difficult. I think uh, Anwar needs to navigate through the different interests in the government, mm. especially AMNO and uh, GPS and whatnot. And also uh, Anwar has to be aware of the opposition. I think Bumiputra um, policy will still be at hand. Uh, handouts will still be expected. Um, it it yeah it will be it will be quite difficult. I mean, Pakatan Harapan cannot expect Anwar to make policies based on Pakatan Harapan, uh, Harapan's manifesto alone. Yeah. So it it, it it takes a lot of a give and take. Let's talk about the opposition because Tansri Muhyiddin Yassin has called this cabinet the most disappointing in the nation's history. I would expect him to say something like that, though, if you're in opposition. Uh, he, but, you know, he, they've also come out to say that they're going to have a shadow cabinet. It's, this is a positive thing in a way, isn't it, Pankaj? Well, For uh, us as a country. Well, having an opposition as a check and balance is always good. Uh, the thing is, whether can the opposition function in the mm. first place? Uh, you know, if you look at the, the composition of the opposition is basically Bersatu and PAS. And PAS MPs have very poor attendance as far as the parliament is concerned. So I'm quite concerned whether we're really going to have an opposition at all. Yeah, And, um, and while Mohidin may be the opposition leader, but whether he can play his role effectively is left to be seen. Okay, gentlemen, in the little time that we have, uh, maybe we can just, you know, let let us let me know what your aspirations are, into, or at least what kind of cabinet do you think this should be? What should the priorities be? I'll start with you, Azro. I think longevity. <laughs> <laughs> are you worried I, of Lanka Sheraton Part 2? No, like, I mean, like, after the experience of three people's prime ministers, I think investors and MNCs looking to invest in Malaysia, they're looking for more a longer-lasting Prime Minister. And for me, longevity is, is not a big ask, but it's, it's, it's an important ask for, for the country. What about you, Pankaj? What do you think this cabinet should try and achieve? I think if you look back, Shawnee, over the years, um, the government, as far as the government of, of Malaysia is concerned, we have come full circle in mm. terms of coalition governments uh, running the country. And I hope with this alliance today, uh, in fact, if you look at it, Barisan National and Pakatan Harapan are the two biggest alliance, has been around for a long time. And if they can work together uh, for the benefit of the nation uh, over a period of time, you know, uh, for the next five years, uh, that would be great. Yeah? Put, put aside your personal differences, your private agenda, your party agenda, look at it as a national agenda yeah, and bring the country forward. And I think that's the reset button that we are looking for. Uh, as you know, if you talk about market, market looks for political stability. And I hope uh, Dato Sri Anwar has 148 you know, support in terms mm. of member of parliament. He has two-thirds. Yeah, that's already... A rarity. We haven't had that ra- since... It's a rarity. And this is the strongest mandate a prime minister can have Mm. Since over a long time. Since yeah? uh, Badawi's time. Since Badawi's time, yeah, yeah, in 2004. So if you look back, I think this is the best opportunity that Malaysia has for a reset button. Yeah? And I think that if with Anwar's uh, capability and, and uh, the team that he has, um, I think Malaysia can move forward. And 
you know, uh, come up with strategies that will benefit the people and businesses. Yeah, yeah because, because we don't have much time. The agenda is the people of Malaysia and businesses who need government help. It's not about personal agenda. It's not about party agenda. On that note, thank you for your time today on The Breakfast Grill to discuss the newly appointed cabinet of Malaysia's 10th Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, was Pankaj C. Kumar, business writer, and Azrul Hadi Abdullah Sani, Deputy Managing Director for Bauer Group Asia. I'm Wong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.